Hello and welcome to Focus on Fantasy Romance, episode number 47, a podcast where we discuss books on the industry and our geeky lives. I'm your host, Al Klaus. I'm A.R.D. Clerk. Paulina Wood. Electric Gatus. And today we have Stacy Reddy <clears throat> with us to talk about her new upcoming release on October, excuse me, yep, October 21st. So, Stacy, why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you for having me on your podcast. My name is Stacy Reddy. I live in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, I have a full life as a wife, mother, and uh, work in the IT industry, but yet I've still managed to find time to put the dreams that I have into words and share them with you. So, um, how long have you been writing then? So you said you worked. You're working and you're a mother. How long have you been writing? Uh, probably 25 years. Was this one of those things where, um, like you knew at a young age that you wanted to be a writer? Yeah, I started on walls and then I moved to paper after my mom discouraged that. <laughs> Crayons on the wall. <laughs> so, um, how did you settle on fantasy romance as a preferred genre? Or did you have you played around with other genres? Currently, I uh, like to write back and forth between fantasy and then uh, modern romance. I really like that. And then some historical romance. I just find that it's not the setting. It's the interaction of the people. It's that finding that unique thing about the two characters that draw them together, that unexpected uh, connection that you don't normally find that you wouldn't see I mean everybody knows that the cheerleader gets the football head captain but you know what about that geeky girl with the curves and the sidereal eyes that you know she's walking past the kind of the awkward boy with the shy smile in the hallway and you know a little skinny guy and you know he's giving him the eye who writes that story me I write that story so you're, you're looking to write more of a I guess a beta hero versus an alpha. Not every beta hero stays a beta hero if he's given the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we're here to talk about Onishiro, The White Witch, which is your first published publication. Like I said, it's coming out October 21st. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the novel? Onishiro is an, an adult fairy tale. It's an epic uh, novel about the struggle between uh, what you should do and what your heart tells you to do and the obligation that you have to the friends around you and to the and to yourself and finding your taking that journey of self-acceptance and finding your value and finding your name and finding your identity that's really what it's about and it's not just from the female character's point of view but also the male character and the novel is a it's an epic because we, we start off where the male character goes on a journey and he finds someone who is not whom he expects, but he still needs her and he needs the talents. So they go back to his homeland and she's able to, using her insight and her history, however tragic it was, to uh, be able to solve all the puzzles and fix all the problems when she couldn't fix them before. Where she was powerless before, she finds that she has a voice and she has a brain and she has a heart. And it takes all three of them to avert tragedy and find so, that happy ending that we all want. Right. I think 
innately um, having a happy ending is something that we all we all want when we're going to read romance, and I think that that's great. Fantasy novels and and things of those sort. Anything to take us away from our normal daily lives. Um, so. Tell us a little bit about your influences. Are there certain writers or artists um, in this genre or others that um, influence your work? I appreciate you asking me that question, yes. I uh, grew up on Andrew Lang's colored fairy tales, which didn't always have happy endings. They were more accurate to the fairy tales of the time, which really were stories, cautionary tales. They weren't like Disney stories. They were cautionary tales about this is what happens when you reach out into the wide world. It might reach back and you might not like that. And from there, I uh, found Meredith Ann Pierce, who is a librarian in Florida. I believe she's retired now. I love and her. That the Dark Sorry. Angel trilogy, the Dark yeah. Angel trilogy. Yeah, yeah that's you, if you read, if you read Onishiro, you're gonna go, oh my God, that's the Dark Angel trilogy. Okay, I'm on board. So <laughs> that that and that's the first of three books. And then of course, you know, we go from Meredith Ann Pierce helps me through my dark angst laden years of teens, and I, you know, careen head forward into young adulthood. And I'm not a, a typically traditionally beautiful person you know I have more curves and I'm awkward and I have carrot hair and uh, I grew up all over the world uh, I spent some formative years in Japan and uh, it it really influenced how I see the world because the world isn't just a tree and grass and sky it's a spirit in the tree it's a spirit in the grass it's the God that oversees the seas and the sky you know that type of thing and that that is really spoke to me uh, from from their traditions because they also had stories that didn't always went in well, and I like that. the The other author that really uh, did it for me is Tanith Lee, and uh, her Birthgrave novel, her her first novel, that was transformative for me when I read it because the the character never had a name. You never knew what she looked like up until the end of the novel. And yet she was able to win a Nebula Award with it in 1975 and went on to wrote a, tr a trilogy about it. And from there, her protagonist, her female protagonist, tended to have, uh, you didn't really know what they looked like. You only know what they felt and what they saw and what they heard and how they reacted. And uh, it spoke to every one of us. It speaks to me. It speaks to everyone I, I've, I've heard that's read these books that we're all the same on the inside. We have all the same feelings and all the same emotions. That's why when I write about my heroes, he's not towering over her. It's real life. My husband's two inches taller than I am. He's, from, he's an Indian from India. And I, you know, he's a skinny little guy. And I find him to be totally fascinating. And I can't be the only one. Well, I better be the only one with him. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't be the only one to have this unexpected romance. We don't care. You know, we know how the story is going to end between the cheerleader and the football, the head football coach, captain. But how's it going to end for everybody else? Because there's a lot more of us than there are of the cheerleaders and the football captains. And that's the story so I want to read. So it sounds like you um, definitely like to uh, pull on your readers emotional shoestrings a little bit. You want to tap into that connection with the reader through the emotion in your novels. And when I hear um, Onishiro, I immediately think um, Japan or um, Eastern. So do you have 
that influence in your novel? Um, are we going to see an Eastern influence as far as the lore, as far as the underlying themes? Um, you know, is that going to be something that, plays, that we would find? That plays largely into this book because the, the thing about dealing with demons and goddesses and water spirits and river spirits, just like um, the movie Spirited Way and oh, Totoro. You know, moving castle, but then spirit house away, moving castle. You know, the hero, the hero is very much like that. The heroine is very much like that. Where it's, um, it's like they realize they have a responsibility greater than self pleasure. That you know that things rely, their duty comes first, and they take that sacrifice willingly. But to that end, they're also given tools along the way from unexpected sources in the forms of riddles and uh, in the form, you know, and, and, and are they observant? Are they clever? Are they, you know, cleverness is uh, rewarded in Japan and, and in Japanese history. So in this novel, if you pay attention when you're reading it, uh, you'll see that there are threads of things that occur that you go back and you go, oh, that's what I, that's what she did. That's what she heard. Oh, my God. And. You know, the, the, the challenge with hearing um, uh, with hearing these things is that you never know, okay, when someone tells you something, is it literal or is it figurative, you know? If someone is your heart, is it literally your heart or is it figuratively your heart? And I play with that a lot because I find that, you know, just like life, it's multi-layered. It's not just one answer. It's gray. And sometimes it's both. And I try to represent that in my novel. So just like I've read novels over and over and over again, and I pick up things that I didn't pick up the first time, I hope that this novel for my reader and for you is something that you want to read over and over again and treasure. So in Eastern culture too, um, since we're, we're talk we were talking about How's Moving Castle, and it brings me back to this, um, they also reward unexpected acts of kindness. Um, so when you selflessness, think about, the yes, selflessness. when you think about Haku and how he helped um, Shakiro, and it, when you think about, um, you know, in House Moving Castle, how and May and May and her little sister, right? And she, you know, they took in the Witch of the Wastes, despite the fact that she was originally the bad guy. Right. Um, are we going to be surprised by things in your? There novel? are characters in your in my novel. That you're gonna you're gonna be totally angry at me about because we're gonna go along and and you're gonna have a set expectation about who they are and then you're gonna realize that they're operating from a whole different set of needs and wants and desires and viewpoint and they you're gonna see that that transition much like um, Kubo and the True Strings a recent right. movie that was out a lot of that a lot of the alliterative a lot of the illusion, a lot of the, you know, representation things can mean, you know, when you see it, it actually means that for you there. But then as you move down the path and in the story and the journey, it actually, you look back or the character looks back and realizes it had the other meaning as well. It took a long time to put this together and it was like watching a movie for me. I didn't really uh, write it. it. I just watched it in my head and then I wrote it out and I fleshed it out and it's like, I look at it and I'm actually amazed and I have to think that maybe Tanith Lee who passed away in 2015 put her hand on my hand and helped me write it. Hold on, okay. I'm like, it wasn't on mute. Okay, so anyways, yay, my turn. Um, 
that's kind of like when you were talking about it runs through your head. People always ask me, how did you come up with your story idea? I'm looking at them like, well, the thing you said last week when you pissed me off kind of worked. Uh, <laughs> which and is we're sad queens I of random. Us writers are queens of random. I look at things and I think about things and I see things. I see things on the internet. My character Tenzing, he's based on an actual uh, Chinese actor who's a real person, but not as the real person, as a character he played in a, a, a drama, a Chinese drama called Princess Agents. And uh, the, the, the fact that he was selfless and he was kind and he played a character much like I wanted Tenzing, you know, and, and he smiles like I would see Tenzing smile. I was like, okay, this is, this is Tenzing. In my mind, this is Tenzing. And from there, mm -hmm. it went on. Now, my female character, Odorne, which, by the way, in uh, Greek, or excuse me, Norse means pale one. That's another thing I like to do is, is put these little uh, Easter eggs in my stories. If you go look up the, the name, it'll be the name of what they are. She's a pale one. Uh, Tenzing um, is a, for me, it was an Easter egg because it's the name of the first uh, uh, Sherpa that, uh, that uh, ascended to, uh, oh, what's the mountain in Nepal? I, you can tell I work out all the time because I don't know anything about exercise or climbing, but it's... <laughs> Come on. I don't know. But but I do the same thing with names. I will choose if my character has like a Japanese background, I will choose a word like that means that per, like wolf, Okami. So like in Bound to You, Okami Bernardi. He's and, and actually the old wolf. Something. Name, you know, you have your just like in Japanese culture, you guard, you hoard your true name. But you have your friendly name that everybody knows, but you have that true name. And when you're called by your true name, there you are you are compelled to respond to to interact to give a boon to uh, grant something to pr provide help so it's like someone reaches into your soul with your true name but that's closely guarded and that's part of it I mean you're gonna see uh, you're gonna see demons you're gonna see goddesses water spirits uh, you're gonna see uh, what happens when someone makes an ultimate sacrifice and how it wears on them over a long period of time, but yet they chose it willingly, you know, that, that type of thing. And there's not just one character in love. There's several uh, themes in, in, you know, it's just not one love story. It's lots of love stories. That's what made it such a challenge to write in such a short time because I had to, I'm, I'm, uh, I work in IT, so I'm very detail oriented. So as I read my book, I have to look through and I write the, the part that I want to hold as my little secret to, to give you down here and make sure that I actually give it to you down here. And uh, I, I researched a lot of plant lore because uh, this Onishiro, which is a totally made up name, I think it means literally, I, I took the, the Japanese words white and witch or white and demon or something like that or corpse goddess, <laughs> you know, and I just shoved them together, you know, like flower pot or you know, nothing that makes, you know, any sense, but it just had a nice ring to it. And uh, what in that, that it just did. And uh, that, uh, that's how she got her name. And it's, she's, it's not what she is. It's not her name. It's more what she is. And uh, we all get called names that we're not really, that we don't really feel that we are. And uh, we have to shine through and prove we have to show everybody, I'm not really this one, I'm this one. I'm something different, I'm something better, I'm transformative. But that's something you have to read in the novel. I mean, don't be mad at me if you come to the end, because every beta reader that I've had has harassed me, when's the next one coming out? And I, I 
it's not going to come out until next year and it's going to be the prequel to the one I'm writing now. And that was a challenge too, because as you're writing a story and you know there's going to be a prequel, you have to write the threads right. Because when you go write the prequel, you can't say, oh, forget everything. I have a question real fast. So do you pants or do you actually plot your stories out? Because it sounds like you kind of do both. I do. I am, I, I'm ambidextrous. So you uh, kind of, you plan out a little bit and then write? No, I, I have a, yeah, I'm a planter. I, and, and so is, uh, so is Odernate. She's a, you know, I had a study about plants and about the curative power of plants and poisons and plants and things like that, because that's her story arc. But uh, for me to write this story, I just wrote a story about it. And then I had a really wonderful lady who befriended me on Facebook when I was just trying to find beta readers to help get some feedback of, am I crazy? What's this book? It was a lot more erotic at the time uh, than when I wrote it. I've toned it down to, you know, a lower heat level that uh, will make you definitely want to uh, salivate, but you won't cover your eyes. <laughs> and uh, she, she gave me some good technical tips about, uh, pacing and narrative and plotting and pinch points, things that I didn't really know about. I mean, I've been writing almost 20 years, but I've been writing like uh, just chain was well, this train of thought, you know, for just as, as just writing as it goes, not even really what, forming anything. What made you actually publish say, okay, I'm going to publish my work. Because it was good enough this time. What, was it good enough because you thought so or because you're beta readers? Like did before, did you let people read your work? You know, that's like showing somebody your breasts. Oh, I, I got older. I'm good with it. That's how I make my money. Let's go, baby. I got older and decided that, you know, everybody has breasts. It's okay. When I was younger, I kind of guarded my stories like they were, you know, my breasts. And then as I got older and nursed three children because I was too cheap to pay for formula, I decided that it was okay and I could bear the criticism. If I could bear the criticism and learn from it, as long as, you know, it's awful is not criticism. It's awful because these things don't match. That's criticism. And I found as some- As long as it's not personal, you can, you, you pretty much have a thick enough skin for it. As long as it's, you know, and I know I look funny, so you can't even say that to me. <laughs> You don't look funny. Look at all. We, we all look just different. That's just what it comes down to. Well, so. you know, my daughter was in a, my daughter uh, did an audition about two weeks ago. She is an actress. And uh, there was a guy there and he was totally hot. I'm telling you. And uh, I kept eyeing him and I'm this dirty old woman. I'm almost 49 and he couldn't be more than 35. And I'm like, oh God, I'm going to ruin it for her. They're going to kick me out. And he said, why are you looking at me? I said, I can't help looking at you because you have ripples and I'm going to call you Mr. Ripples in my mind for the rest of my life. And he said, I really like that. And my daughter got the part. <laughs> so before I would have not said anything, mm -hmm. I decided it's okay. I guess being old, you know, the filter gets off. I have no filter. So I have like, um, I work in food and beverage and I serve alcohol. I have people come up and I'm just like, hey, you're hot. I don't care. I don't care if you think I'm not hot. You're hot. We're good. We're done. Bye-bye. Well, I've been, I've been married for 10 years, so I really can't. Uh, I, I can think it, but, you know, it, it can't pass the teeth. <laughs> I'm dating, and I've been with him for seven years, and I don't know. I just, I'm not going to go home with you. I just think you're cute at the moment. Now go away. Oh, uh, well, see, <laughs> if Mr. Ripples would have given me the right eye. 
<laughs> You'll be like, okay, mate, no. He gave me the side eye, not the, not the good eye. So, yeah, I had to I had to remember my place in the world. You know, I have a job. I don't, you know, I don't need to be the the old woman that. Besides, my husband's thirty five. I've already reached back as far as it's legal. How old are you? I'm 48. I'll be 49 in December. Oh my God, you guys are almost the same as my boyfriend. I'm 32 and he's 45. Or I'm 34 and he's 45. And he chased me with like that. hell. He chased me like hell. So you're 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 a you're on this end of being a cougar at least. You didn't become a puma, so you're good. <laughs> Look at her with the animal references. Hey, the, the Pumas are the 90 year old women dating 30. That's, I have no that, idea how that works. Are you kidding me? Boob, that's how that's it works. That's my dream. That is my total <laughs> dream. Girl, the guy that I, that I thought of for Tenzing, I just found out that he's 24 and he, he's pretty much, he's half my age and twice, and I, and I, I I'm, I'm twice as old and twice, and I weigh twice as much. <laughs> You know what I found out, and a lot of people don't realize this. I know we're kind of off topic, but is that a lot of women are now starting to read these books about women who aren't perfect because guys read a lot of guys really don't care. Like you're wrong, women are time. perfect. Yeah, women my boyfriend. Perfect. My boyfriend literally though he's when if if he didn't have his shirt on, he's 45. He has an eight pack. He's gorgeous. I drink an eight pack, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Okay, I don't believe you until you show me again. <laughs> <laughs> but people look at me sometimes, like girls at work, and they're like, aren't you afraid he's going to leave you? And I was like, if he leaves me because of my weight, bye. More power to you. And so I find books where the characters aren't perfect, and yet they fall in love to be one of the best reads that I ever read. Oh, so you mean like that unexpected romance, that unexpected connection? Yeah, so just looking at your blurb for um, The White Witch, I literally was like, oh my God, I want to read it because you don't see a lot of books with albinos in it, actually, as the main character. So I think that maybe with your book, you're going to hit a group of people who are not no longer looking for that perfect couple that's you know they the are perfect seven, where they eight. need to be perfect they're perfect for each other yeah and so that, that's where you need to be perfect so i think i i from the blurb i'm like hmm, yeah i'm gonna read it anyway <laughs> um so for world building because i know that you your books seem more is it high fantasy eastern fantasy eastern fantasy do you the world that you build is it is it the world that we live in now or did you actually build a kind of parallel or alternate world? Because my husband is Hindu, I have a lot more exposure to Eastern religions and how they believe and how they worship because they just don't go to a temple or to a church. They believe that you are God. You're not, God doesn't exist in you. You have the power of a God in that you have the power of a God to treat somebody in the way you treat people. If you treat somebody nice, that is, that is a powerful thing because you've transformed their day. You've changed their day. So you have the power to be a demon and you have the power to be a god every day. And that, that's Eastern philosophy uh, as far as Indian religion, just at the high level. And, so did you, did you and I, I, I world built. I took all the elements that I liked from, uh, from 
Japan and their mythology and their sea tales and their fairy tales because they have thousands of years of written record of, of tragic love and the consequences of, you know, making the wrong choice. And uh, I, I wholesale built it. I wrote out a whole religion. That's why, you know, the, this novel was a little bit of a challenge because I had to figure out what I didn't need to be in the novel because I, I didn't want to overwhelm someone with everything. But it's an alternate world similar to maybe the 12 or 1300s era of Japan and Europe. Okay, so some of the things you're going to notice, but what I mean by alternate world is like the when they trade or when they do something else, you know, you didn't have to build up a world in that aspect. No, it's understood. I mean, everybody is, uh, you know, it, it's it's only alternate in the sense that in the religion and uh, the fact that uh, fantasy exists as far as there are demons are real in that world. Sea gods are real in that world. Water spirits are real in that world. And you have to okay. be careful or you are going to pay the price. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, so that answered that question that I had. <laughs> and Electra, you have questions? Yeah, I can go next. <clears throat> so is your, um, in your book, are the characters, um, is it clear that they're of Asian descent? Yes, the, some are, because we have, we, we start out where uh, we have, uh, uh, we meet our female character and she's in the Northland and it immediately describes, you know, the, the typical North European type of person and she meets someone who is dis distinctly exotic. Uh, with the with the almond shaped eyes and the very dark hair and the darker complexion, which uh, I find to be quite attractive, <laughs> and uh, and she, uh, you know, so I make sure to make that distinction. But after that surface level distinction, we're still people. I mean, that's I wanted to do that. I wanted to say we all look different on the outside, but we still burn on the inside the same way. Now, um, the general consensus for um, I would say romancer industry. Um, it's a very small audience for um, that type of, of book where the Asian with the Asian descent and so forth. Um, those are my favorite books. I think um, for for me they are because I absolutely um, love just like you said the exoticness of them. They're just it's totally it takes me out of my normal world and puts me um, definitely into a a new place. Are you at all concerned at all about that I, I don't know just about not reaching the widest audience yes yes no yes. i'm not writing i'm not writing trash i'm writing i'm writing the what needs to be written i'm writing i'm weaving a fantasy i'm writing an adult epic fairy tale and the characters you know if you don't like them Keep moving. Go to the next one. I'm sure there's some right. schlock you can read where right. you know he sticks it in her and yep. then they're all done. <laughs> they pop up every week. <laughs> I mean, it's there. It's there for it you is. if you want it. Right. You know, and, and I have a I have a lot of uh, I you know I work in the IT industry, so I I'm exposed to maybe to a higher percentage of very smart, sexy mm -hmm. guys that have right. eyes with an unusual tilt and. Right. The, you know, I don't have I don't have enough time in my life. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no. And I'm married. Um. I'm married. I'm married. I'm married. <laughs> right. And it's it's purely researched, honey. 
<laughs> that's that that that's worked for me so so far so good awesome awesome Just research i mean i well, have a guy that calls me now my my book the confidant that i've already written and i'm editing i never met him uh we worked together two jobs ago but we worked remote you know in it that's very common and he's i've seen his picture online he is hotter than a firecracker <laughs> and he calls me and tells me all his deeper secrets and he's so Oh my god! And he's like, "Well, we need to get together for lunch." And I'm like, "No, no, because then you then you'd never call me again." So you just put them in your books instead, and just drool. Yeah, you know, he calls me like every three or four days, and honey, I'm I'm, it's it's business, honey. It's business. We talk about IT things. Then he slides in his feelings, and then I slide in that I can't talk about mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta set those boundaries. Gotta set those boundaries. <laughs> I'm, I, I swear to God, if I meet that guy in person, it would, yeah, it would be life altering for, yeah, <laughs> at least for 10 minutes. Uh, I think that's my, uh, that's how I feel about Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would definitely hit that. But he's I married mean, to Wonder <laughs> Woman, so you better watch out. Oh, not, he wasn't always no. married to Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, he's not married to Wonder Woman. What are you talking about? Yes, yes, yes. yes, he is. L, you, you know that's really funny. That that's very curious because my husband is also married to Wonder Woman. <laughs> Mine too. Do you have any more questions? Or are we going to devolve into no. talking about all the favorite body parts of Asian guys that we like? No, no. <laughs> that was, a, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> that would have to be, I think, an episode all on its own. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have, um, we have uh, mixers where we can, we can discuss that later at another podcast. <laughs> so you have a giveaway for our listeners. Uh, I do. Yeah, you said you would um, do an ebook copy of Onishiro. Absolutely. The White Witch. So in order to be qualified to enter to win, you do need to leave a comment on our blog, which is focused on fantasy romance.wordpress.com and ask Stacy a question. That will enter you into a giveaway and you'll be able to learn more about the book. So do that. And why don't you tell us where we can find you? I maintain a website called stacyready.com and it is all about my books. And it's all about what, what I have, what's upcoming, a little bit about me, and a blog that I uh, poorly maintain. I have a blog that I poorly maintain, too. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm not good at blogging. But thank you for joining us. If you like the podcast, please like, comment, and share. If you listen on iTunes, please leave us a review. This has been episode number 47. Good night. Good night.